Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick Jay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina. Today is Monday, September 26, 2022. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter more about alcoholism on page 30, the third paragraph, beginning with, we alcoholics are men and women who have lost the ability, and reading through over any considerable period, we get worse, never better. Today's readers are Nancy T., The Twelve Steps, Barb W., The Twelve Traditions. Our big book readers are Pete B. in the text, Shanna C., page 164, and Judith S. P. is our backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Tamara C., and our second-hour moderator is Roz G. The share ID for Sunday, September 25, 2022, is 19,447. Away preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy T. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Rick. Thank you. Grateful to be here and be of service. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sat through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry it out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy. I will now ask Barb W. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Barb W. We're gratefully recovered in Illinois. The traditions, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 
Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Barb. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to remute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter more about alcoholism on page 30, the third paragraph beginning with we alcoholics are men and women who have lost the ability and reading through over any considerable period we get worse never better i will now ask pete b to begin reading thanks rick thanks for taking the meeting my name is pete b i'm a compulsive overeater and recovered today by god's grace and mercy we alcoholics are men and women who have lost the ability to control our drinking we know that no real alcoholic ever recovers control. All of us felt at times that we were regaining control, but such intervals, usually brief, were inevitably followed by still less control, which led in time to pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. We are convinced to a man that alcoholics of our type are in the grip of a progressive illness over any considerable period, we get worse, never better. So that's a, that's a, a good paragraph. You know, it's a good paragraph, I think, particularly as it relates to compulsive overeating and my experience with compulsive overeating. Because this disease, when, 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 when I entered the fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous and I became acquainted with the things that I thought people were doing to address the condition, well, it looked a hell of a lot like control to me, 
right? It, 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 you know, it looked like control, right? Like I, was, I, I became dependent and reliant on the practices that the fellowship incorporates into their day. And I, and I focused on those with extreme rigidity. And, it, and, it, and it, it produced the illusion or maybe the delusion like I was controlling this thing. Right, I was, you know, I was, I was uh, reporting my food, and I was following up with when I when I had an issue, and and I was, uh, you know, I, I had these things I had to do at the end of the day, and had to do the, in the beginning of the day, and it made me, it started, it started to put my focus on the on the process, and the tools that we use, rather than on what the solution is, which was which was. Uh, de- uh, uh, developing a uh, relationship with a power greater than myself. I let the I let the I let the things that we do become what many people refer to as program. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this, that, and the other thing, and get those things checked off. And in my mind, that made me start thinking I was controlling this thing. It gave me the delusion that I was in control when really, you know, my recovery, my abstinence is all brought about by my relationship with that, that I have with the God of my understanding. I need to remember that the, the solution is the spiritual experience, which is produced by doing the things that we do. I don't, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't, one day at a time, ingest the substances that cause the phenomenon of craving. I don't do that by grit and determination. I do that because the obsession to do so has been removed by my creator. And that was brought about by adopting these steps, incorporating them to every aspect of my life. And in doing so, I became recovered from the condition. I don't I don't have to make a decision about food three or four times a day. I make a decision about food one time a day. That is in the morning when I plan my day. And it never includes ingesting any substances that can cause the phenomenal craving. And therefore, I live and remain abstinent to this day. And with that, I'll pass. Perfect timing. Thank you so much, Pete, for getting us started. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, We ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Abby S. Sonia D. Matthew G. Who was the, uh, okay, so I got Abby S., Tanya D., and sound like there was uh, somebody S. Matthew G. Got you, Matthew. Sarah Linda L. D. Linda D. Okay, so Dara L. Linda D. Anybody else? Good time to jump in for our first group. All right. Ron so we've G. got. Sorry, who was that? Roz, Roz G. Roz, got you, Roz. Okay, that's Thank a good you. place to stop. Um, Abby S. Can you tell us what paragraph was read? I'm sorry? Can you tell me what paragraph was read? Sure, we're on page 30. 
the third paragraph, beginning with We Alcoholics for Men and Women and reading through Get Worse, Never Better. So I've got Abby S., Tanya D., Matthew G., Dara L., Linda D., and Roz G. Abby S., you're up first, followed by Tanya D. Go ahead, Abby. And uh, please uh, include your state when you introduce yourself. Hello. Good morning. This is Abby S. I'm recovered in Michigan. Grateful to be here. And thanks for everyone doing service on the line. So what stood out to me this morning was the intervals that were usually brief, but inevitably followed by still less control, which led in time to pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. And this is what happened to me when I lost connection with the program and doing 10 steps and, you know, taking care of myself. I, I relapsed and it was beyond it was beyond anything I had previously experienced. It had gotten so bad and, um, and it, it was worse. It was worse than it was before that relapse. And, um, and it brought me to a whole new like level of understanding that this really is like, I am really in the grip of a progressive illness that I am getting worse, never better. And, so I was just baffled that like it had gotten that bad. Like I was desperate, like a whole new level of desperate. I could not stop. And I could not, I like, I couldn't get out of this relapse. Like I, I just, I felt like I was going to die. And um, eventually like I got back, I got with the support of this program and, a sponsor and, um, you know, eliminating those foods. Like I felt like, oh my gosh, it felt so hard to get out of that, but I did. And, um, it was by the grace of God that I did. And it makes me want to work my program even more because like I heard, um, someone say recently, um, my step one experience motivates me for my, like 10 steps and my 11 steps and my 12 steps, like, cause I don't want to go back to that. And, and if that's how bad it was before, you know, after that was, I think four years ago, um, then I can only imagine how bad it would be now after four years of this disease, just getting progressively worse. And so um, I'm grateful to be in program today to have a solution, to be able to do 10 steps, to know that this is a disease of the mind and I need this program because I don't want to go back to that. So thank you so much for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Abby. Tanya D, you're up next, followed by Matthew G. Go ahead, Tanya. Hi, uh, this is Tanya D, recovered compulsive overeater in Illinois, and um, yeah, this is a really uh, important idea that we can have uh, periods of seeming control, but that doesn't mean that we have control because you know it's very tempting to say, well, there was that time when you know I ate that one piece and it didn't lead to a binge and it was fine, so maybe I'm not a real compulsive um, overeater. And, um, you know, like the analogy that I like to use is um, if I'm a bad driver, I probably get into a lot of car accidents, but probably not literally every single time I drive. So, you know, if I were to go out there and uh, drive successfully one time without a car accident and tell you, hey, look, I'm not a bad driver, 
but I get into a car accident, you know, every other time you would say, you're crazy. Like, of course, you're a bad driver. And that's how it was with, um, you know, uh, binging and compulsive uh, overeating for me is if you looked at how I ate and then I said, well, but there were that those times when it was perfectly fine, you know, you'd say like, but you're crazy. Like people don't eat this way, you know, and crazy in a loving way, perhaps. Um, and that's what I needed to hear that, you know, my excuses for why I wasn't a compulsive overeater weren't really valid excuses. And um, that over a considerable period of time, you know, we get worse, never better was also important. I came in uh, with a fairly, um, you know, kind of high bottom and um, it was really important for me to kind of identify and see where my disease was taking me because um, I kind of told myself, well, you know, it's getting worse and so now I'll be motivated uh, to like get my stuff together and uh, and I wasn't, and that was scary, right? Um, because this is a disease, and um, it doesn't matter how bad my bottom gets and how motivated I am, like, I still don't have control. And so seeing where other people's bottom, like, how much farther it could go, um, it terrified me because, yeah, it made me realize, like, well, no, you know, um, if I get a heart attack, it might not motivate me either, uh, or uh, another, you know, 50 pounds and so on. Um, what really motivates me is recognizing that this disease will kill me, that it is progressive and um, that I can, you know, uh, keep experimenting. But I, once I know what the results are, like I have a choice, you know, work this program, like my life depends on it or um, keep going the way that I'm going. And, and this is why, you know, taking step one is so important because this disease um, really, you know, tells us that we don't have um, a disease. And that's why for me, you know, it took what I would consider, I guess, a lot to to really be convinced that this is a disease, but it's such an important foundational step uh, for recovery. Uh, thanks for letting me share and with that all pass. Thank you so much, Tanya D. Matthew G, you're uh, next, followed by Dara L. Go ahead, Matthew. Hi, my name is Matthew G. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, normally in France, but I'm currently in Taos, New Mexico, visiting my 90-year-old parents. It's a beautiful miracle to be in this program. Um, I just had to share today because um, yeah, my amazing, awesome guide and sponsor, Pete B. Is just is so grateful. He's taken me through the steps, and I'm just abstinent and free, free of this, free of this disease. It's just, it all, you know, it's just progressive. And I and, and, uh, just, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time expressing myself. I'm this, this um, overwhelmed with gratitude. And, and um, this paragraph is, is um, you know, the idea that I just will progressively become more and more powerless um, for me, actually, it's a gift because more and more I need a higher power, power greater than myself, a power greater than myself that has definitely removed my obsession to overeat, um, and it's a miracle, and the steps are a miracle. For me, the, for me, the 12 steps, I, I live the 12 steps. They're circular. They're not, they're not linear. I practice these principles in all my affairs day by day, you know, like, like the, the, the hours of a clock. Are, are circular, you know, and, and 
for me, tw steps 12 and 1 are very connected, you know, um, in the sense that I have to, you know, when I have a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps and I try to carry the message and, and to practice these principles in all my affairs, I need to daily and often throughout the day remember that I'm not in charge and that I'm powerless, um, but there is one that has all power. And um, and I'm just grateful. I'm, I'm sorry this year was probably all over the place, but I um, love you all. So grateful to A Vision. So grateful to PP and all of you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Matthew G. Dara L., you're up next, followed by Linda D. Go ahead, Dara. Oh, great. Thanks so much for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater. I live in Philadelphia. And yeah, like the grip of a progressive illness and getting worse, never better. I think about how the big book tells me to talk about how I was like, um, what happened and what I'm like now, not necessarily what it was like. And to me, that relates to this paragraph because I got better in or out of abstinence. I got better. I, I mean, sorry, I got worse in or out of abstinence. I got worse like whether I was binging or purging or starving or ex over-exercising. It wasn't just my behaviors that got progressively worse. In fact, my behavior shape-shifted a lot over the course of my disease. But I, as a person, became more and more intolerable, untreated. And I think about some of the things that I did in abstinence when I was under the illusion that I had control over this disease. One of the things I did, which was so embarrassing, you know, like, pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. I took my mom, who is my best friend in the world, on national TV in abstinence and told the world that she's a horrible mother. You know, like I did that stone cold sober from the food. I lied to people. I cheated on people. I, um, you know, I, I stole things. Like there, I, I get worse, never better, whether I'm binging or not. And, you know, and yeah, like on the outside, the surface of my disease, it looks disgusting when I'm binging and purging and starving and over-exercising. And, you know, I need more and more food to get the same effect. But like, I, I harm people. I harm people whether I have the illusion that I'm doing okay with food or not. And for me, you know, remembering that this is a spiritual program remembering and I love that Pete talked about you know the the nature of the condition of that God relationship is what saves me from me and saves other people from me and I and I have um had a lot of people sometimes be like well you know my food behavior isn't really as bad as it was so like maybe you know I mean I'm I, like I'll just wait to get worse or whatever I don't think that's just what this is talking about like yeah the bottoms I went to with food got worse and worse in many ways, but in some ways, I don't know that they did behaviorally, but I got worse. I got sicker and sicker, and I really believe I was destined to kill myself or someone else if I didn't come back into these rooms um, and have a spiritual transformation as a result of working these steps in entire abstinence. Because for me, like abstinence is my problem, it's, but it's also the precondition to my solution. So untreated, uh, you know, under the illusion that I'm doing okay with food, I, I'm, I'm a train wreck. I'm horrible. Like, stay the hell away from me if I'm abstinent and untreated or if I'm under the influence of food. I need God to be able to live in this world 
um, and not do damage. And yeah, with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dara. Linda D. You're up next, followed by Roz G. Go ahead, Linda. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. And I'm from Connecticut. And I don't even know where to begin. Okay, I'll begin at the beginning. I'm here for the same. Oh, I'm uh, I'm recovered, uh, not cured. That's why I'm here because um, I'm just going to make it simple because I need it to be simple. Today I woke up. That was the first gift, the very first gift, and I can see the sun, and I'm alive. I've been given the gift of life. What am I going to do with it? I'm going to mess it up if I don't follow love. And where did I find that? I found that by doing all the practices that uh, were enumerated. I uh, I got lost a lot. I did the best I could. Everybody's doing the best they could. And somehow, and now I know how, grace, the goodness of God within me, uh, dragged me, uh, propelled me, kicking and screaming into this program and into a relationship with God that is second to none. I just love God. And I was an atheist, so that's amazing to me. Um, I've had massive spiritual experiences. I've had the ones in between, the little ones. It's all a miracle. It's all God. And let me not make the mistake today of thinking, I got this. I don't got this. God got this. So my job is to listen, listen inside to what the truth is telling me. I'm an addict. I've got a fatal disease and God's in charge. And that means love is whether I like it or not. Sometimes I want to be right. Yes, I do. Well, I'm not right. I'm not right. I'd rather be humble. I'd rather be humble and listen to what love has to say to me because it's always the right thing, which is love and forgive. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Linda. Roz G, you're up next, and then we'll get some more names. Go ahead, Roz. Good morning, everybody. My name is Roz G. I'm a recovered compulsive of reader in Palmdale, California. And um, uh, in my notes in the big book here, it says, uh, you know, I've, I've studied this paragraph many, many times over the years with different uh, groups and people and big book teachers. And it says here that this is the great lie, that all the imaginable remedies for me were the great lie. And I have lists and lists of diets, books, pills, programs workout gurus, ideas, and not one of them worked. The only one that has worked is this this uh, prescription of recovery in this big book, these 12 steps. And I have learned uh, through big book teachers that as I, that I'm a human being and that I age. I'm not, um, any kind of special organism on this earth. I'm just like a human, I'm like everybody else. And I age. And as I age, my body slows down. 
and as my body slows down, I don't need as much food, and food, foods, food reactions change. All kinds of things change. My hair gets, is, you know, starting to get gray, although I color it. And uh, I just notice that things within me slow down. My eyesight worsens, and every time I go to the doctor or the optometrist, I need to adjust my eye, my glasses, my prescription. Things change, and it as it is with the food. And was it the wasn't it the man of thirty who stopped drinking for a long period of time, and then picked it up and was dead within a couple of years? It 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 just it's like it picks up and runs. And what I'm facing, if I choose to pick up macaroni and cheese and chocolate chip cookies, that if I choose to pick that up, that I'm facing that that worse relapse. I'm facing the fact that that this disease is permanent, progressive, and fatal. I'm not facing, oh, I'm going to need to start over again. No, I'm picking up where I left off, and it's going to get worse because my body has aged. It's just science. And the fully fully conceding to that at the the beginning of this chapter is what I would have need to to do and what I need to do every day to remember that. And how do I remember that? through being in fit spiritual condition, through waking up every morning, getting on my knees and remembering and asking God, help me to remember that what, what I am, I'm a compulsive overeater. Good what reminder. can I do for, thank you for the man that's still sick, sponsoring prayer, meditation, and 10 steps throughout the day. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Roz. All right, before we uh, continue with our second group of names, we are in the chapter, More About Alcoholism, on page 30, the third paragraph, beginning with, We alcoholics are men and women who have lost the ability, and reading through, over any considerable period, we get worse, never better. And though we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. Who else would like to share today? Christina J. Ross Sam. Laura Russ, Christina L, Jack W, Jack W. There was somebody right after Jack W. I I think I might have heard a barb. Did I hear a barb? Vasa and Vasa O. Okay, got you, Vasa. Joanne C. Is that Joanne? Yes. All right, that's who we're going to stop with, Laura L. Here's who I've got. Christina J., Russ M., Christina L., Jack W., Vasa O., Joanne C., and Laura L. If I mess something up, just correct it when you uh, introduce yourself, and please include your state. Christina J., you're up next, followed by Russ M. Go ahead, Christina. Morning, I almost said morning, Russ. Morning, Rick, Christina J., North Carolina, why am I sharing today? Uh, Because I have to. I've been unconnected in a lot of change and shift, and it's been a bitch. And I know that many of us on the line, in fact, nobody gets out for free in life. We face trials and tribulations. We face death. We face change. We face huge shifts. 
our nests get uprooted. Things happen. Without program, I'd be deep in the food, buried, causing more problems for myself, feeling gross, uncontrolled. Things would get worse, not better. I'd put on a happy face and a nice fat dress and act like all was well, and then I was handling it all. And I'd beef up with more food, and I'd go and cry in my bed at night secretly. I was losing control, losing more and more control. I don't know how to diet anymore. I don't know how to do life anymore. And then I'd get up the next day and face it all with a big fat smile and waddle my way to work and feel gross and unloved. So I'm on the line sharing because I need to share. I've been going through some shifts and um, things have felt wobbly on the food level. I haven't picked up on the emotional level. They've been wobbly. I haven't picked up because <laughs> I could pick up big emotions and run with them. I can be the drama queen. I can play a victim. That's picking up the emotional bullshit. What do I have holding me by a thread today? And it's going to get stronger because I'm sharing and feeling your love. I have God through you. I have program. I have abstinent food in my lunch today. I've had it. I don't give up on that because I know what step one is. I walked away from those effing donuts and I don't ever want them again. They really mess you up. So I'm hanging in there. I'm coming back strong because of program, not because of me, because I'm controlling anything. Things get worse, never better if I'm in charge. So I love you guys. And I'm grateful that I'm here on the line sharing, strengthening. My heart is opening as I'm sharing being of service maybe to someone out there that's in the same boat. <clears throat> Things get worse, never better. Things get better, never worse, as long as I'm working this program and reaching out and being of service. Thank you. Love you all. Pass. Thank you, Christina J. Russ M., you're up next, followed by Christina L. Go ahead, Russ. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, family. Russ M., Recover compulsive overeater. Wow. Uh, what crossed my mind when I hear this, you know, it's like those intervals, the diets, all the get slim quick things, and how I had it all nailed down. And what a, what a stunad I was, you know, so stupid, so caught up in this disease, so entangled that, you know, I think that something that I felt. I'm like seven years old, this obsession that is just, I don't know, just had a hold of me that I can never control that uh, by taking this supplement, I was going to get slim and working out. You know, the same old story with this with this stuff. Because, you know, the, the obsession, it, to me, it wasn't just about food. It always ended up to the food. It could have ended up to heroin, coke, whatever, you know, whatever it might have been. But the obsession was that I had all the answers. That that I knew what I was doing. You know, my pride, my arrogance. I, I guess I need, uh, you know, uh, cocky uh, asshole anonymous is what I, I needed, you know. And, and just, uh, but you understand what I'm saying. Like, a lot of that obsession was my control. Me wanting to do what the hell I want about it. And it would just end up in the food. And I, I look at those times. Yes, it is. You get worse, man. And 
sure I took some weight off for a period of time. I never had any consistency, but I never was a nice guy. I never had any consistency in that, in my emotion and dealing with the regular mundane issues of life. Never had, you know, there was, there was no diet there. I was just fuck wild crazy. And, um, you know, even now, almost six years clean, it still gets worse. You know, stuff ain't rosy, man. You know, and it just, you got to work the program. And, and I understand God is the only way of getting us, you know, get, being normal and getting through all the storms. Yet, if I'm not pen stepping and, and 12 step and work on my reviews and, you know, just being in the process and working the spiritual way. Like I'm doomed, man. I'm, I'm, I'm jacked up. Cause I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be near God. I'm not going to be working towards God. I'm not going to be allowing God in, in the weirdest way. I, maybe that's not the right terminology. God won't, I'll still be blocked. I just be out of food and be still crazy. So, when I when I see that you know life now, it's great. It's everything's good, but you know it's not like things were cleaned up as soon as I uh, do a ten step and uh, sponsor eighteen guys. It's just a reminder. But, all right, sorry about that. I went too long. Y'all y'all have a great day. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Russ M. Christina L. You're up next, followed by Jack W. Go ahead, Christina. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, everyone. This is Christina L., a recovered compulsive overeater from Florida. And um, this is, it never ceases to amaze me, like, how much comes out of this paragraph and the shares. Um, it just, every single time, it just blows me away. And I, this is one of my favorite paragraphs in this chapter with the control, 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 control. Because when I first came in the program, I didn't think that I was a controlling person. And um, the years that I've been in have really proven to me how much I do control everything. Um, I don't control in the way that I always understood a controlling person to be. My ways are more the passive aggressive, silent, inactive kind of control and manipulative um and you know i resonated with and related to everybody's shares this morning too um especially the ways that i tried to control the weight the food whatever and stuff but what's really coming into my mind this morning with this paragraph is um just the character defects um you know, I think that just because I'm abstinent or that I'm recovered that, you know, I can handle certain things now um, because I'm abstinent that, you know, my mind is delusional that it'll tell me that, you know, well, I'm being of service to listen to someone vent about whatever problem they're having with another coworker. And what was revealed to me last week was that is absolutely false. Like, no matter what, I can't handle it. It's, you know, my mind thinks that I can handle it. I try to, you know, control the thoughts going in and around and through my mind. But really, you know, my attitudes, my perceptions, my ideals are still being 
Um, I don't even know what I'm trying to say or how to get the words out, but no matter what, I can't even control my thoughts, my feelings, my, my experiences. Um, I'm still going to have another, a negative reaction, a negative attitude, um, towards another coworker if someone is, is gossiping about someone or just venting. And that was like a really amazing lesson that I learned last week um, as I'm going through the I'm going through the steps again and just on step one and just that realization that I am not able to even control like my old ways of doing things it's just it just doesn't work anymore so I'm really grateful for um, I'm really grateful for where we're at I'm really just grateful for this program thanks Rick and with that I'll pass Thank you, Christina L. Jack W., you're up next, followed by Vasa O. Go ahead, Jack. Thank you, Rick. <clears throat> Jack W., compulsive overeater in Florida. Rick, I owe you an apology. I hope uh, me, uh, my break, I had to back out of my service position uh, for you this month. And uh, I'll be honest with the group, I need to apologize. A few Mondays ago, I read the text and I wasn't abstinent you know it's just I am a, a dishonest man at times and uh, so I just needed to say that I uh, I got into a situation where uh, I, I, I just got a double dose like many of us on this call of addiction and uh, drinking and drugging and three packs of cigarettes a day and quit that 30 something years ago and food became an issue and 30 years of OA and finally found uh, a food plan that works without triggering me to binge and got relief from food obsession recovery and work the steps and here comes another flipping addiction you know it's like the whack-a-mole game for me you put down you beat the groundhog down and a groundhog pops up over here so uh, lust and fantasy became uh, a progressive center of my mind, and it was blocking my connection during my quiet time with God. I was, um, I get a, it's like a shot of dope or Oreo cookie when I see an attractive woman, you know, I, I want to double take. Maybe that's normal for a man. I don't know. I'm just such an introvert, didn't have a dad to to counsel me. I didn't come with a instruction book. But anyway, I didn't want to uh, cause any disrespect to my wife. I love her dearly, but I saw it kind of progressing. And I'd been, and I didn't want to cause any more pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization in my life. So I started going to a 12 step program. Got uh, 18 days now in in SAA. Uh, three days. Today's day number three in OA. But uh, I'll tell you what happened was the withdrawal, the fear of t- talking about my autobiography of my sex life. You know, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of shame and fear in telling somebody because I I keep everything inside and. Uh, the anger, too, when 
I was driving Brenda crazy, uh, chasing her around like a hound dog, and and not focusing on intimacy, but focusing on you know relieving my um, wanting a fix, wanting a uh, I guess I get over my sex off of sex. So anyway, I was the victim. I let the food win, but I'm back on track and. My connection was better this morning in my quiet time and just wanted to share that and and thank everyone. I'll pass. All right, Jack, thank you for sharing. Um, Just a reminder that we are trying to stay in the paragraph that's in the book as we share our experience, strength, and hope. Vasa O, you're up next, followed by Joanne C. Go ahead, Vasa. Thank you. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Thank you, Rick, for your service. And good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive Ovida, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I love this paragraph because this is where I was when I came. It is by the grace of God. I've, I've grown over the years by working uh, the steps and having a power greater than myself. But it's just an, another reminder where I was and where I am in my life. So by the time I came to my first OA meeting, I lost control over the food addiction, and I heard it was progressive over the years. And that was, that was my bottom. And I remember saying, if this doesn't work, that's it. I'm just going to die. And I didn't want to die. I saw people in my, my family struggling with the food addictions and dying early lives, and I had a three-year-old child. And I said to myself, you know, I don't want this child to be raised with no mom. And I had two older children. And I wanted to see them, you know, educated and going through life, getting married, getting grandkids. And it is by the grace of God. I've been able, all those kids are all grown up and I have grandchildren. And it is because uh, of my programs. And yes, before I came to the program, I remember thinking, well, maybe another try, maybe this one or that one. I'll try to control it. I'll try to manage it. But nothing, nothing worked. This is the only thing that has worked over the years. No, I I am recovered, but I'm not cured. And the reason is because I keep coming and doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But number one, I heard I needed to find a power greater than myself. Uh, to help me, and I was willing, and I was ready. I said, I don't care who helps me as long as, uh, you know, I don't want to die, and I did throw up myself in the 12 steps, and I use step one for everything, not just because I'm powerless over the food addiction. I use it for everything in my life with people, places, and things by working the 12 steps. Um, uh, this program is a miracle. It works. And if you're a newcomer, just keep coming. They told me to come to six, six meetings if I didn't like it, if I, you know. And I can leave any time or I can stay there. Nobody was going to kick me out. I'm so grateful. I'm still in it. And I love still being with all of you and working my programs. Thank you for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you, Vasa Joanne C., you're up next, followed by Laura L. Go ahead, Joanne. Yes, thank you, everyone. Good morning. My name is Joanne C. from Montreal, Canada, a grateful, recovered, uh, compulsive reader. 
the great reality is that I've lost the ability to control my eating. And I'll never recover that control. And that was the hardest thing to accept. The delusion that I can regain control drove me back and back to relapse. And at every relapse, my bottomless pit got deeper and deeper. And the pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization was was beyond my understanding. And um, I had to realize, and only my last binge, and I say thank you, God, because he gave me this illumination that this disease was going to kill me. The great lie is that, oh, we got this. We'll, be, we'll do better next time. This is a fatal disease. It is progressive. The delusion grows more and more. And so today, by God's grace and his reality in my life, I don't want to pursue the next relapse or that deeper bottomless pit. And God met me where I was. He met me where I was. And today, I thank him. I thank my life, this new way of life. And I appreciate my sponsoring other people because I see my disease at different stages. And I see the recovery at different stages. This is my great reality today. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Joanne T. Laura L., you're up. Thank you so much, Rick. Good morning, everybody. My name's Laura L. I'm from Connecticut. I'm a compulsive eater, um, neutral around food. So I appreciate everybody shares. This paragraph is super powerful for me. Um, before, I became, before I came into program 21 years ago, I, my disease was progressing to what I thought then was the most disgusting um, level. I was I had been a grazer all my life, and then I advanced into binging, and then that advanced into um, bulimia, throwing up, and also um, exercise bulimia, and that progressed into um, taking, eating, no, not eating, but putting food in my mouth, chewing it, then spitting it out, and then throwing it up, um, anything that was left over. So yes, disgusting gross, the incomprehensible demoralization that this paragraph mentions, I just had no, it was beyond comprehension as to what I was doing, and no one could comprehend um, the depth of self-hatred, the depth of um, just incredible, I can't even explain it. I thought I was the fattest and ugliest person on earth and the, and the sickest, and um, and ironically, I was trying all these things before I came into program, I think the last few years. Um, encompassed a group therapy um, type of deal for bulimics and, and food addicts. And then there was a group that called themselves the non-OA OA, where you have to weigh yourself every week. And there is no step work, but um, it was just bizarre. I tried everything. Um, and 
I came into program um, <clears throat> completely demoralized, completely un- incomprehensible as to what was happening to me. I just knew that um, I could not survive um, going the way I was going. And it wasn't until I fully surrendered, which took me a long time, um, that I fully, fully um, could get better and could um, one day at a time with the grace of God um, not recover control because I'll never have control, but to surrender the control um, and surrender my life to God as I understood God, um, knowing that, you know, I wasn't defeated. I was defeat. Surrender didn't mean defeat. Surrender meant power, that I would have the power to put down the food one day at a time um, and to recover. And as people just were talking about my character defects, they're not all gone, but they are fading. Um, Somebody tried to bait me in gossip last week at work, and I didn't I didn't pick up the bait. Um, last night after services, I, you know, the pile of bread did not call to me. It was just um, all these beautiful miracles that happen every day. Um, I owe to you all and um, to remind program. Thank you, Rick, and, and to God. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Laurel. I got time for uh, a two-minute share if somebody wants to take it. Trudy, Diane. All right. Drew, I heard. Was it Drew? Drew D. Yes. Go ahead, Drew. You got two minutes. Thanks very much for your service and everyone on the line. Um, just had to claim my seat. Uh, living, living the reality. This demoralization. Um, yeah. Holy smokes. Is it odd or is it God that this, this passage found me right between the eyes this morning? Um, I'll be brief and quick and just say this is my story. Thank you all for not only confirming that this is a reality, um, that I'm not alone, um, and that there is a solution. So uh, many thanks to everyone working their program uh, for this exact and very specific piece of literature that proves to me that i got lots more work to do um, coming out of relapse and need to be here. So thank you all. I'll pass. Thank you, Drew. What state are you from, please? New Jersey. Thank you, Drew. All right, guys, we're uh, we're at that magical stopping point. Um, thank you, thank you so much for letting me do service with you guys today. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, September twenty sixth, twenty twenty two, is nineteen thousand four hundred and forty nine. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Shauna C. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Shanna, please hit star one and unmute. Yes, uh, sorry about that. This is Shanna C., grateful recovered from compulsive overeating in Tennessee. Thanks, everyone, for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. 
This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God and that your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.